This week, we talk about fasting. Also, we'll take the mystery out of metabolic syndrome and check in to see if I'm any less fat. Let's get into it. Do not adjust your television sets. I've turned a shade slightly less lily white. <laughs> but oh, yours oh, is authentic, though. Yeah, I Not was in Phoenix. For by me. Phoenix, Arizona for a week. <clears throat> Just got back. And I don't know if you can tell under this lighting, but I'm one shade less lily white. And it feels good. It feels unbelievable. Like I said, even if mine come from light bulbs... I still do it because it, like I was telling you before we started, I said, I lay under that bed for like 15 minutes and it just gets hot and it just feels like I'm at, in the bow of the boat. Yep. And just, I can almost hear the water slapping against the side of the bow. Little Playboy bunny sticker on your upper thigh. Yep. So you have that little, you yep. know, tan marking there. Yep. <laughs> Remember that back in the day? Usually just my watch because I always forget <laughs> it on. Or my socks because I don't take my socks all the way off. I just pull them down to the end of my feet. <laughs> sometimes, got I like forget. A, a line. So sometimes I forget. Well, I'm too tall, so my well, feet hang out. So course. it's either my head or my feet have right. to be out. Vitamin D, though. Man, it felt, it's real. Good. it felt good to lay in the sun. And, and you know, I, I get why people live in those climates, you know, where it's 200 plus days of sunshine a year. I didn't need to go to Phoenix to get that. I realized it the last two days. <laughs> right. That, that wind, bro. Oh, God. Jeez. Yeah. Brutal. It it was anger inducing. Yeah. I'd walk in the house and I'd be like, "Mother, son of a bitch!" Yeah. I'd just be so mad. I'm I like, I literally got off the plane. I was walking off the plane, and you know how the jetway is sealed up against the thing. Yeah. Well, there's like a one inch gap, and it was like a forty mile an hour wind. I'm oh like, yeah. Damn, we're back. Mm-hmm. There's Fargo. Welcome home, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Went from seventy nine to thirty. Exactly. Well, funny thing was when we took off in Mesa, it was 50 at like six in the morning and then we landed in Fargo, it was 50. Right. Yeah. On Monday. Cause it was pretty damn warm here, but then it now got it's like, really warm. Then it's like 30 the next day. That's North Dakota for you. How was your summer? Mm-hmm. It was Monday. So my advice, get out there and get as much sun as you can. Go somewhere warm multiple times. If you live up here, it feels damn well, good. Well, you say that Well, we're stuck in Christian Gray's Red Room. <laughs> One of these times I'll have you tied up with these chains back here. <laughs> People will tune in. Don't tempt me. All right. Uh, well, that brings up, uh, me being on vacation brings up a thing, um, a topic I wanted to discuss. When you're on vacation, do you say F it to diet and workouts? Okay. So you go to Mexico for a week, you go family vacation for a week. Week or weekend? Week. Well, I was gone for seven days. Do you just say, F it, I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. I'm going to blow off my workouts. Yes. <laughs> hey, I it didn't take long. No, well, it's both. Okay. If it's a week, there's no physical way that I can not work out. So you're just so there's, compelled. There, there's no way that my body can ha- – well, let me rephrase. There's no way my family could live with me if I didn't work out for seven days. <laughs> so you just days. turn into that much of an a-hole. Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm just it, – it's it's addicting and my body needs to move or my mood is just toxic. So I will find a, a hotel gym. Um, oh, 
And that lady in the back looking at you. Just that's, my, the, that's my daughter. But she's mad at you. <laughs> she, she, well, she just tried out all the cardio stuff. Oh, okay. So it has little screens on it. It's just the the way you caught the photo with her looking then. She looks like, I'm going to kill him. Oh, she might have been thinking that. I don't know. But yeah, What did you do? Oh, you made her work out. <laughs> I, uh, no, she wanted to play in it because it had those screens where oh, you can like, act oh, like you're yeah, running yeah. along a road. Right, right, right. Um, but So I got sidetracked. I can tell I've yes. changed, though, as a person because when I got to this hotel, I never, I've never seen a hotel gym before. Really? Oh, no. Because when, when I would go on vacation, oh, good I, for would, you. I would be full-on effort. Right, eat whatever the hell I wanted. I'm never, on vacation. Yep. Never work out like you're, you know, you're taking vacation. But I realized how shitty I feel when I go whole hog and and eat, you know, back to the same old right. standard American diet. And we're gonna find out in my how fat is Josh segment later um, how that was because it's been like ten days since we were recorded last, and you know I pretty much maintain my weight and normally I would have gained a ton and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. That's um, good. The food thing, no. Well, here, let's talk about the working out. So I, I walked, I found this, the fitness center open 24 hours a day and it had dumbbells, which is sweet. Cause normally a lot of times they just have, you know, a treadmill or something. Yeah. Um, so I was excited cause I get, that's what I do at home is my dumbbell workout. So scale. Yep. They got a scale. They got a bench, incline, decline bench, and a bunch of cardio stuff, and a mm. whole rack full of five to fifty dumbbells, and five a to fifty pound dumbbells. So it was uh, it was cool. So I, I did that a couple times while we were down there. Got my took my kids in there, you know, and had them run around and tried to get my them to do the dumbbell workouts with me um, to varying levels of success there. But <laughs> that's why she's looking at you like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know. I mean, it took my normal half hour, 40 minutes. I just did it. You know, it was like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night after we were done hanging out by the pool. Um, didn't take up a ton of time. And I didn't feel like I was, like, ruining my vacation or, you know. Right. Normally, I'd felt, I would have felt like I'm not enjoying the vacation. What well, kind of a I'm, douchebag works on it? Yeah, because I'm, yeah, I'm sticking yeah. to this stupid workout regimen. Well, but I feel better after I do it. Yep. And that's one thing, right. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you, you just don't want to go to the gym. You're like, eh. Yeah. You just drag an ass. Yep. But do you ever feel worse when you do it? Never. Never, right? And I know it sounds cliche, but those are usually the best workouts. Yeah. That's usually when you end up just killing it. Well, I just felt like I didn't blow this off. I, I stuck to it, and yep. that, that felt good. Uh, not 100% because, you know, I, I think I – I maybe skipped one workout, but I still did a couple while I was there and did push-ups and stuff. You're stuck still on to vacation. it pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. Stuck to it pretty damn good. I was proud of myself. That's better than um, saying F it and exactly. doing nothing. Now, let's talk about diet when you're on vacation, okay? Now, this was tough because I'm doing pretty much OMAD, so, you know, with maybe a protein shake earlier in the day and then a and some meat later, and that's kind of what I've been eating. Now, the problem is with you with your family – Hey, let's go find this diners, drive-ins, and dives breakfast place. Right. Hey, let's go here it's for lunch. Part of the vacation, right? So yeah. I, I'm not gonna just not go because yep. normally for me, I'm like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I just don't go to the bar, right? <laughs> you know, right? So I don't go to the breakfast diner that has the amazing banana pancakes. To so what I did, order a bowl of fruit. Well, what I did was I. Chug my protein shake before we went because those things fill me up. Oh, yeah. And then I just had a, like, side of sausage. No. Yeah. Sure. Well, they're eating the banana, you know, 
candy cakes. And what's okay is if you would have reached across with your fork and said, oh, yeah, at least try it. Yeah, and I think I did that a couple times, but right. I was full going in, so that, you know, took care of my urges a little bit. Yep, for 100%. And then I just ate some protein while I was there, you know, and I was I felt fine. I wasn't like mm, just craving it. That is how I gauge people's um, – when I'm working with people as far as nutrition goes, mm-hmm. that's how I gauge their level of commitment mm. and seriousness. They'll say oh, – I'll get a text, oh, shit, friend's wedding this weekend. What should I do before the, the meal on Saturday or whatever? Oh, yeah, and the cake and, and all I that stuff, yeah. And I say, eat before you go. Right. Well, I can't do that. Then you're not serious, right? Because then they think it somehow offend the. I don't know wedding couple. No, they don't think it'll offend the wedding couple. They just want to eat the meal. Oh, right. And they right. want to eat the cake. Right, right. So they don't want strategy. Well, they, they want you to tell it. you it's okay. Right, okay, yep. They want you to say "f it." It's a wedding. Yeah. Make take the take the take the L. Yep. And and you know what? "F it." It's a wedding. Take the L might be the answer depending on their goals. Right. But if your goal is bikini competitor in the next bodybuilding competition in Fargo, (laughs) you don't get to eat the cake. Right. Well, (laughs) you just don't. Also, if you're the type of person that that opens the floodgates. Yeah. And that's hard for me because I'm the can't eat one Oreo guy like you. Yep. So for me, it's hard to eat one bite of the banana pancakes and not go ape shit. But it's a lot easier to eat one bite of the banana pancakes. When you're already full, and if you don't order them yourself, you right? Just order yourself a thing. Well, of well you're not going. You're going to get your hand slapped. Right? <laughs> They're not your pancakes. <laughs> exactly. So that was a that was kind of interesting. So, and I, I say I've definitely changed because I used to just I used to come back and probably gain eight or nine pounds in a week just from saying "eff it," and oh. eat, you know. And I didn't do that this time, so uh, that was pretty damn good. So, people out there. Let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Do you say F it when you go on vacation? Do you blow off your your workouts? Do you eat whatever the hell you want? Do you just drink to excess? Um, What's worked for you? Can you get right back on track? And this kind of brings us to our topic of the week too, which we'll get into after a couple of things. What a perfect segue. That was brilliant. It was good because (laughs) fasting is one of the tools I used immediately when I got back. We'll we'll get into that. Um, Before we do that, I wanted to... Talk about this. Uh, we always doing a tweet of the week here, and I thought you you made a point on social media the other day. I thought it was really good, and this Paul Saladino um, tweet was pretty much reflecting exactly what you said. Wait, was this before or after mine? I don't want to pe- people think I stole it. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say he copied you. Oh, he did. I'm looking at the time. Yeah, he did. Okay, so I'll just read this for the people listening. The weight loss paradigm is completely backward. Rather than losing weight to get healthy, the focus should be on getting healthy by improving food quality, which will then lead to weight loss. The first route invariably focuses only on restricting calories, often while continuing to eat the same crappy food. No wonder this fails. Obviously, calories matter, but all calories are not created equally, and food quality along with micronutrient content are critical to long-term sustainable weight loss. Calories sounds like Dewey there. Right? Doesn't look like me in his picture, but (laughs) I don't have MD behind my name either. (laughs) Well, unless you count Google University. Massive dick. (laughs) (laughs) I am not. (laughs) Dewey Firestein, MD. I... The, uh, no, he's right. And calorie is a calorie. 
but not all calories are created equal. Yeah, I thought that was Where very... people get tripped up, and that analogy I've used a million times was, remember we were just talking about the 45-mile-an-hour wind gust in Fargo? <laughs> yeah. Well, go out and run a mile into that wind, and then tell me a mile is just a mile. <laughs> exactly, right, or uphill. or Right. Or I, I think you, the point you made on social media when you were uh, politely bantering with your opponent there was – you can eat a you know, you can lose weight by eating in a calorie deficit of a thousand you know fifteen hundred calories of gummy worms, but that right. would, that wouldn't be recommended by anyone. Yeah, you'd still drop weight, but that's not. Uh, but not he- you're gonna be healthy by fat any loss is the <laughs> fat loss is the benefit. It's yeah. an unintended consequence, unintended benefit of getting right. healthy. Exactly. Yeah, if you make that your goal, you can obviously do that by just restricting calories, but that's so much harder to do if you don't take into consideration the the quality of the items of those calories, you know, yeah, you, what they're made up of. You have 4% body fat eating just gummy bears, but <laughs> right. your teeth and your hair are falling out, but hey, you look ripped. Yeah, and, and yeah, it look like you have Parkinson's because you're just quivering. Right. Yeah, because you have no strength. And then, and, and then you know what people follow up with when I say Sour Patch Kids or gummy bears or whatever? You know what they always follow up with? Well, you wouldn't do that, but you could. Shut up. Right. Ta- On what universe? That's just hyperbole bullshit. Just mm-hmm. if you would never do it, then don't fucking say it. Right. God, it drives me nuts. <laughs> do we sassy today? No, I'm just... I've had it with the social media <laughs> professionals. One thing I wanted to mention too um, is this push-up challenge that we're going to yes. have. Okay, so let's talk about this here real quick. So this episode comes out April 2nd, so there's still time to get into this. Um, this is called the Mission 22 April Push-Up Challenge. And basically it starts it's, tomorrow. Yeah, it starts tomorrow. <sighs> yep. Well, or, or if you're watching this on the 2nd, it started yesterday. But the whole goal is to do – 2,200 push-ups in the month of April. Which is 63.3 a day. Is that all it is? I thought it was 70-some. Or maybe it's 73. It is 73. You do the math out there, people. I'm not good at math. (laughs) 2,200 in the month of April. So it's basically like 70. 73.3. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's out of 63. But it's 73 because I was talking to people on on the – there's a private Facebook page. Yep. So join that, everyone. Go to Facebook. And a lot of the people on there are like, well, what's your strategy? How are we going to break this up? And I said, dudes and chicks, mm-hmm. female dudes. Mm-hmm. I said, I've done 100 push-ups a day for the entire month of April. And I'm here to tell you it that breezy. it's going to get really, really <laughs> spicy. Yeah. And it's not going to be fun by the 20th. Well, I max out at 40 every day. and Well, that's unbroken, but... I think the way people have to do it, well, it depends on your fitness level, right? I mean, it doesn't, though. It depends on your recovery level. Well, true. You can break up and do 73 push-ups in a day, 74, because it's 0.3. Yeah. But you can do that, but can you do that for 30 days? Right. That's the problem. So my strategy is not only why well, oh, jackasses that donated all that money out of your kindness of your heart. I did, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you and Joel... Ramberg really got me when I made that commitment to do them with a weighted vest on. If I got to my two hundred bucks, and he just maxed. No, he just maxed it out right on the spot. (laughs) Bastard. And he said, "Have fun." Yeah, thanks, Joel. (laughs) So, anyways, the point of my story was, 
You got to leave days for recovery. I, yes. So I have to do 2,200 push-ups. So I'm going to do 100 a day, which gives me 22 days to do it in. So you have some built-in days for... So I have built-in days for okay. when I wake up and go, holy crap, my shoulder's effed. Because <laughs> okay. you know why? Because I've done it. Right. And I wake up some days and say, my shoulder's not doing one push-up today. Right. So yeah, build in some, a little So I got seven, there. eight days built in to, yeah, just... It's like every third day you could skip. I could. And you could still make it. Typically what I found is go when you can. Right. Don't say, I got days banked. And Just, also, if you can do drop and do 10 and do that throughout the day, yeah, that's not that hard. No, it's not. But I'm yeah. not going to wear my weighted vest throughout the work day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'll commit to doing the 100 a day when I do do them yep. in, all in one session. And just not unbroken. And just to let everyone know that the cause this is for is for veteran suicide. And the mission 22 is signifying the number of 22 veterans a day that commit suicide. That's kind of where the number comes from, right? Yeah. Every single day of 22 veterans take their life. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, something we wanted to highlight. Do that math. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's horrible. So, um, you know, you were in the military and my dad was Vietnam vet and it's something that's definitely, uh, important to us. So, if you feel like joining, definitely join. Uh, can people still donate to your fundraiser thing? I think so. Yeah. Or, you know, if you do it yourself, just raise awareness and uh, check out mission22.com to get on there and get on the Facebook group. And they'll, it's pretty cool. You get a hat if you join. Yeah. Um, and they they're, they have some accountability built in where you message your push-ups in as you do them. Yeah, they have a pretty extravagant Facebook Facebook Messenger system. Yeah, it's like a bot that replies to yeah, you. Yeah, it's, cr- your it's address crazy. And, and it says to record your push-ups for the day, go to the messenger, type menu. And I so I played with it, and I typed menu, enter, mm-hmm. and it just went menu. I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I fell for that. And all of a sudden, oh, like yeah. two seconds later, it went bloop, and then it's got this like scroll to the right, and you yeah. hit it, and it goes through, and it's got like boxes to record yeah. your push-ups. I got to figure it out. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. So check out that. <clears throat> so we're going to be do it and we'll. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to be, you know, we're recording episodes during the whole thing. So we'll get progress reports on how we're doing. And yeah. And my, my expectations, having never done this many in a day throughout a whole month to see what it's kind of like as a noob versus how you expected it to be. We'll see what happens. All right, well, let's get into our term of the week. So this this is definitely one of those terms that. Uh, like many in the nutrition fitness space that I didn't know what the hell it meant when I heard it, um, and that is metabolic syndrome. You hear all these doctors, all these fitness guys talking about this, and I just knew it was bad, <laughs> something you want to avoid. People ask me what it is all the time, and I right. always say, have you ever went to your doctor and they said, you need to, we need to fix this? And if they said yes, you have metabolic syndrome. D- doesn't matter what the no. item was? because No. And here I'll just read... From the definition Read the second, third sentence. Okay. Metabolic syndrome is a cluster of conditions that occur together, increasing your risk of heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes. These conditions include increased blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat around the waist, and abnormal cholesterol or triglyceride levels. Having one of these conditions doesn't mean you have metabolic syndrome, but it does mean you have a greater risk of serious disease. If you develop more of these conditions... Your risk of complications such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease rise even higher. Um, <clears throat> so, so basically it's saying that it 
all of these things are kind of a cluster. If you have one or more, if you have almost any two of them, that's kind of how I would say it. Right? Sure. If you have any two of these, then you have the term metabolic syndrome. Okay. Is that how you think about it? Or? Yes and no. Okay. And the reason I say yes and no is, and the reason I said, if your doctor's ever said, you have one of these and we need to fix it, show me the person with excess body fat in extreme who doesn't have at least one of the other ones. Oh, right. They're almost impossible to have. It is. Solo. It is. And now everyone listening, sorry, some of the people listening are thinking of three or four different outlier, anecdotal outliers. Of course, yeah, there's, there's people who have high blood sugar and they weigh 97 pounds. Yep. I don't, I don't care. We're Save talking, it. We're talking about the vast majority yes. of people, your average person. Right. <clears throat> so that's why I say if you likely have metabolic syndrome. Right. Um, and here's what this. is this? It? Just a fancy name. They, yeah, they gave for multiple issues. Yep, exactly. So, and what's scary is says here up to one third of U.S. adults have it. And that's you know we know just it seems low. I was gonna yeah. <laughs> I mean that's bad enough, but I, they're probably just saying if you have more than two of these things. But you know I would say it's probably underdiagnosed then. <clears throat> Did I share it last week? I don't know, but I'll share it again because it's mm-hmm. worth sharing every second of every day. That that recent study that came out that said by the year 2030, that 60% of Americans will be obese. Yeah. Not overweight. Obese. Obese. Yeah, that's 60%. And just to, for all the people saying, I can't believe that because I seem average compared to most people. Exactly. That's the problem. Right. Because you are average, but the average person is so obese that you you don't even seem like an outlier anymore. Well, and and I I had a dude tell me that. Well, if, if 60% of the people around me are just like me, then who cares? I'm just like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> well, and it's evidenced by my body fat scan where I was still in the heavy category. When not, I don't think anybody that Nobody walked by me would it. say, I'm, no. this guy's fat. No. Nope. But I was still over the normal range. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm... And it's know. why they go get um, in-body scans, mm-hmm. and they're always way off. Yeah. They, they never know what they need to do. They don't realize how much work they have ahead of them. It even says here, okay, <clears throat> one sign that it is visible is a large waist circumference. So, and again, that just comes up all the freaking We've time. We've been beating that horse since we started. Yeah. I mean, you got to get your waist down. It's just such a bad 34, metric. by the way. Uh, what, yours is? I did, I did measure mine. Okay. Yeah. And... I know you're more than 68 inches tall because that's how tall I am. Yeah, so a little over six one. Yeah, so you're 73 inches. So yeah, you're you're in the good. Yep. in the good category, and I'm right on the line on my way to good. So as a reminder, people that didn't catch that, the one of the ways to measure what your waist circumference ideally should be is the measurement of your waist in inches above as the a navel. ratio. Yeah, above the navel, like we measure it every week here. Is a, is a ratio to your height in inches. So I'm 5'8", so that's 68 inches. So 34, I should be under 34 waist, and I think I'm at 35 and a half or something like that. Yeah, you're so, right. You're right so there. I'm, I'm, and I'm creeping down, so I'm getting there. But we'll like you said, you, know, you can look at me, and nobody would say, that guy's a fat ass, but I'm still above past where, where it's technically healthy. So that tells you where you need to be. It's probably way, way thinner than you are currently. If you're an average person out there. So if, just because you're looking and, you know, I, this was, speaking of being on, my, on vacation, this was reinforced <laughs> as I'm sitting around the pool. 
just doing the doing the mental math in my head, yep. going, okay, that guy's super overweight, that lady's super, over, you know, I mean, just surrounded by it. It's heartbreaking. And as a not, yeah, at the same time, it's it infuriating. Is. Well, because I don't think they have any awareness. Nope. Because they just they see everyone else being just as as obese, and they go, huh? Yeah, that's just where we are now. So yeah, I don't get singled out anymore. But they don't think we're all morbidly in danger here. Like right. alarm bells are not going off like right. they should be, because yeah. they just think, well, everybody's like this, so I'm just normal. Yep. So, metabolic syndrome, and so I'll post a couple of articles in the show notes here, and there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, really good information here on these uh, on these sites that I found to talk about it. So this one says, uh, five conditions described below are metabolic risk factors. You can have any one of these risk factors by itself, but they tend to occur together, just as you mentioned. Uh, you must have, oh, here it says you must have at least three to be diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. So, so that means at least three before insurance covers it. Right, to get the official, <laughs> you know, to get the, the official right. Uh, badge. Right. The, the Boy Scout badge to put on your vest of what conditions you have. <clears throat> so here's this large waistline again. High triglyceride level, low HDL, um, high blood pressure, and high fasting blood sugar. So all, you know, all these things, you know, diet related again, right? 100%. All controllable through diet. So metabolic syndrome, you don't want to get it. All right. So that hopefully takes the mystery out of that for people. So now let's get into the topic of the week, fasting. And... I, I I frequently forget how unbelievably polarizing this topic is. Have you found that? Oh, my God. There's still people to this day. You need to eat breakfast. Most important meal of the day, bitch. God, I'm just like, okay, no. I got I to show you this because what does it say for time? 50 hours. Yep. Dude. I've been fasting since Monday at 2.30. Now it's Wednesday at 4.47 p.m. So I did a two-day fast as a, and we'll get into this more, but as a basically as a reset for after vacation, after vacation and eating more than I normally would. So I was yeah. up a little bit, and this is my way to break that, to reset. Just, it's a reset. Get back on track, and that's one of the ways I I use fasting or these longer fasts, and we'll, we'll get into the details of all that. First, I wanted to start with a a definition. Of fasting, which is just so everyone knows, to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing because there's the whole the hit when you get into the history of fasting, and uh, we're going to talk about it about this book too, the Obesity Code here, which by Dr. Jason Fung, which is kind of how I found uh, a lot of really good stuff on fasting. I mean, this book should be called almost the fasting book because it's really yeah. it's one of the tools that he prescribes to all his patients whether they have diabetes or obesity and, and I, I i thought of this the other day jason fung has been tarred and feathered yeah you were saying that a few weeks in ago. the industry and i figured out why and is Be the criticism of him that fasting is just dangerous that's fasting's unnecessary mm. and it's not magic it's just not eating yeah well he says that <laughs> But here's the problem. That's not, but that's like saying Bill Gates just made more money. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So he, here's the problem is they tarred and feathered Jason Funk. Here's just my one man's opinion. 
but they tar and feather him like a lot of other people who promote fasting because for years they've said what you just said 47 seconds ago, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You got to start, you got to kick that metabolism into gear and, and get it going for the day. And you got to provide fuel for your day's activities. Right. And then people like Dr. MD, Jason Fung, come along and say, whoa, 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 not so fast. Mm -hmm. Pun intended. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. We, uh, we don't need to eat all the time. Our bodies are designed evolutionary were designed to go for periods without eating. Yes. It's designed to do that. And and when we're not eating, we're repairing cellular repair. They call it autophagy. Mm-hmm. So what well, they don't they call it because that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> but the reason he gets tarred and feathered is because all those most important meal of the day people have to go, I was wrong. Right. And they can't do oh. it. They can't go, oh shit, you know what? I should take a harder look at this. Maybe Maybe this is right. Maybe we had that most important meal. No, fuck no. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't say, dang, I missed, I I swung and missed on that one. I swear that nutrition and fitness stuff is worse than politics. Oh, it is. As far as people being dogmatically unwilling to change their positions. People accuse me of being dogmatic about stuff because I am not dogmatic. You're dogmatic about not being dogmatic. (laughs) Well, all right. Guilty as charged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I tried fasting. I've tried vegan. I've done keto. Um, I'm the furthest thing from dogmatic. Right. I try everything. Yeah. And I report back. Mm-hmm. I did vegan for a while. I lost 2.6 pounds of muscle. I'm not doing that again. Right. Because I don't want that from my life. Exactly. So I'm not anti-vegan. It's just not my jam. That makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine if you're anti-vegan. <laughs> you can be because there's things to be anti about. I mean, I'll eat vegans because they're nice and marbled. <laughs> <laughs> they're rudiments. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about some of the benefits. Um, so I've made a list here of... So sorry, I had to defend Dr. <laughs> Fung because yeah. he gets a bad rap. Wicked smart dude. Super smart, yeah. And he's getting results. I mean, he... Mm-hmm. He's treating all these patients with great results. He has a, a that's clinic. That's what sucks about getting back to the dogmatic bullshit is all these guys doing like the low carb, uh, I forget his name, but Eric, uh, he's got the, uh, I forget his name. I'll, I'll find it, but he's got the, I think he, he's out of Cleveland or somewhere, but he's got a, you know, he's. Berg? Yeah, I think Dr. so. Berg? He discovered, you know, what works and because he was trying to reverse these this, the heart problems, diabetes, obesity, and he finally stumbled on something that works like five, ten years ago, and he's getting these results, whereas all these other nutritionists and, and doctors were not getting, you know, giving out the move more, eat less advice and no no results. So then where those other people attacked him, the low-carb or the fasting people for getting results, they said, well, of course it's working. You're starving people. Right. Mm. No. Well, no. Well, let's get into some of the benefits. Okay, so weight loss. Because speaking of caloric restriction. Because well, you're not eating anything. I had zero calories the last two days. I mean, this, right. this coffee is literally the first calories I've had. You know, I've just been drinking water and I had like a Diet Coke. Zero calories since. Depends since on whose camp you subscribe to. But there are some camps that when you 
begin the, the, the metabolic process in the liver, you're done fasting. Right. So that means coffee. That means anything but water. Right. So, you know, who knows by the, you know, hardcore nerds out there, the hall monitors, I, I might have technically yep. not been fasting, but I know it works for me. Yep. So <clears throat> um, anyway, so weight loss, right? Because you're not taking any calories. So you're giving your body that opportunity to burn the fat stores that are on there that have been sitting there for years, which brings us to mental clarity. Now, this one is crazy. I mean, give me any math problem right now. I feel super sharp, you know? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I feel really, really sharp the last couple of days, <clears throat> and I'm 50 hours in, right? Zero uh, dulling of my senses or my abilities cognitively or otherwise. And hence... Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to go down this road. <laughs> I'll, go, because, I'll go down this It's because road. of ketones, right? It's because of ketones. But why do people fast for religious reasons? Because so it they reach another higher plane of spiritual creaminess. Because it brings them closer to their God, okay. which is mental clarity. They just feel they're just more, everything's more clear. Right. And they're like, holy cow, I just, I feel... Closer to God. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what it is. Yeah, you do feel elevated. Right. I mean, like you're like floating a couple inches above the ground. It's the almost... Worst, the, 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 the tug of war, and Mel always makes fun of me when I fast, the tug of war is I sit in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, I'm hungry, but I don't want this feeling to end. Right. So I yes. stall. I, yes. walk, I pace back and forth, not wanting to break my fast. Because I'm like, wonder if I could keep going. I'm like, no, eat. And it's like the devil and the angel <laughs> on my shoulder going, eat. Come on, eat. And the angel's like, no, this is blissful. <laughs> and we'll get into, well, the angel starts to look like angel food cake. Problem. <laughs> Everything does. <laughs> and then I eat and uh, just back to normal. Exactly. But yeah, you do achieve a heightened state of mental clarity. The brain fog, as they call it, just lifts. And that's because your brain is running on those ketones, which it loves. And, you know, you can explain maybe some more of how the liver because you're entering that state of nutritional ketosis, right? No, 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 no. You're entering the state of ketosis. Okay. Nutritional ketosis is when you eat nothing but fat and a little bit of oh, protein okay, right, and right, no right. carbs, and you trick gotcha. the body into ketosis. Gotcha. Fasting is just straight up OG <laughs> ketosis. Right, right, right. And that's why you don't want to maybe do it for too long because you don't want the body to start consuming Things besides the body fat stores. Correct. Right. Um, and we'll get into exact, you know, what we've done and what's but worked for there us. There are fasting clinics where right. obese people go in, and I know this is going to ruffle some feathers. Mm -hmm. Obese people go into fasting clinics and don't eat for a month. Okay. You know what? This brings me to this story that I found. Now, I'm going to put this article in the show notes. This is the story of Angus Barberi who went 382 days without eating. So <clears throat> this is a guy who was very obese. And this, I think, is in, okay, 1965. 27-year-old Angus fasted for one year and 17 days. He ate no food at all and lost 125 kilograms. So that's times like, times 2.2. Yeah, so 200 and some pounds, 250 pounds plus. He was reportedly sick of being obese. He walked in weighing 207 kilograms, so that's 400 plus pounds, right? 
and he was he told the hospital staff he was ready to cut out food altogether. So the doctors happily agreed to monitor his progress. So they basically just started like let's let's just see what happens. Yeah. So they <clears throat> it even says here he didn't expect a fast to last long, but they thought a short fast would help him lose some weight. To compensate for his lack of nutrients, he was prescribed multivitamins to take regularly, including potassium, sodium, as well as yeast. So they gave him a little bit of of uh, some nutrients there. Well, those are obviously electrolytes. Yep. So you have to have those. Yeah, we'll get into those and how to compensate for not eating. Yep. Um, and it says, as days turned to weeks, Angus's persistence increased. He wanted to reach his ideal weight of 180 pounds... So he kept going, much to his doctor's surprise. <laughs> he would attend the hospital visits frequently and often stay overnight. He received regular blood tests, all of which revealed his body was remarkably functioning just fine. Um, it's almost like I read this ahead of time. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he compensated for his lack of food by drinking black tea, black coffee, and sparkling water, all of which are calorie-free. His body began to adapt to the lack of food by burning its own fat stores for energy. So if you have those pesky vanity pounds, those last six, seven pesky vanity pounds, don't fucking do this. Right. Please don't do this. Right. And we'll get into who shouldn't fast. But this guy was 400 pounds, you know. Well, who shouldn't fast for how long? Right. Well, and medically. Yeah, not not a year. Yeah, if you're diabetic, please don't fast. He had 200 excess pounds to lose. So, you know, he had a long... A long way to go. And he eventually, right. he said he called it quits after 382 days, having finally reached his dream weight of 180 pounds. According to the Chicago Tribune report, he had forgotten the taste of food <laughs> before his first meal. He ate a boiled egg with a slice of bread and butter. I thoroughly enjoyed my egg, and I feel very full. <laughs> Five years later, he remained at a comfortable weight, 196. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, he went for a year. Yeah, a so, year and seventeen days. So you know what immediately makes me think of when you say three hundred and eighty-two days? Don't tell me I can't skip breakfast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I remember you said once a lot of episodes ago that we're not rats on a steady IV drip of food. No, we're not supposed to. We're not. Yeah, we have evolutionarily we exactly. haven't just ate constant. Yeah, evolutionarily, and that's a great point because um, when we were, you know, and there's a lot of talk in the keto, carnivore, low-carb low communities about kind of returning to eating ancestrally, and there's kind of this link to, like, primal health and, yeah. and ancestral eating and stuff. And the argument against that is, well, we evolved where we don't want to be like we that. Have, we haven't evolved fast enough. Exactly. But the their main point is our – when we were developing and the reason that homo sapiens have giant brains and have developed all this intelligence is because of what we were consuming. And the right. reason we outpaced the apes and everything else was because of our diet. And so if we were evolving that quickly and we evolved that much further past these other species, um, that's the reason why they want to stick to that way of eating. And one of the main things, obviously – cavemen were not eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner with a snack in between every one as they sat down to stare at the cave painting, Netflix of cave paintings, whatever the hell they were doing, snacking on popcorn as they laid down next to the fire. I mean, they they ate, they hunted, they ate whatever they could, and then they were fasting in between. Of course, because they had to. Right, exactly. It was just how we evolved. And that was what allowed the body, like you said, to repair 
repair the cells, to burn body fat. Um, and, you know, that, that was the ancestral primal way of evolutionary way of eating that we're kind of trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't need to eat breakfast, a snack before lunch, lunch, a snack after lunch, supper, a snack, dessert after supper, and a snack before bed. If that's what I used to eat. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just insane. So The, the argument f- against is stupid, <laughs> but it's worth, you've got to talk about it. And it is, well, the life expectancy was 26. Right. That's how. Well, that's because well, saber-toothed yeah. tigers would eat you. Well, yeah, yeah. Saber-toothed tigers. And, and infant mortality. And a fucking toe infection. Right. You didn't have modern medicine. It's a stupid argument. Yeah, if, if one tooth gets in, infected, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. That's it. Or if you get away from that saber-toothed tiger and because he, he cut your leg with that tooth yep. and it gets infected, yep. yeah, you're done. Exactly. You're so toast. stop. That's a stupid argument. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it makes sense to try to emulate that ancestral primal evolutionary way of, of eating. Um, okay, another benefit, and these are all kind of grouped together here, but breaks the habit of constant snacking. For me, that was a great way to reset when I came back from vacation, when I was used to eating more calories. It just, it's a way to get off that path to establish kind of a clean break. It breaks your attachment to food because how many people just reflexively reach for more food to snack on, right? You just said what the note I was going to make. If you didn't read it, I was mm-hmm. going to say, um, I always tell clients to, when you, you teach yourself to fast, you teach yourself what is and what isn't hungry. Yeah, right. Because I've, I haven't eaten for 50 hours and I'm not that hungry. Right. It's not amazing when you get through that break through that wall. Yes. It's because almost like that runner's high. Oh, Once you run far right. enough, it's like you get a high. Once you don't eat long enough, your body goes, okay, this is cool. Yeah, it goes, I'm going to use this. Right. Because I, I got plenty right here. I'm going to use this. Yep. Stop yelling upstairs for more food because it's right. not coming down. So those Oreos so, ain't but, doing us any no. good anyways. So let's do what we got here. Yep. This, use, use, we use this to fuel our activity. And, the, and you do. And that's why your brain functions uh, – you know, you can work out. I worked out last night. I've done. I did push-ups both days, pull-ups. You know, I've been working out. No loss of of. Any. And people who say, "What?" But your body will start eating itself, and you'll lose muscle. No. Well, eventually. Eventually, but as long and as you have, when I'm still have a decent amount of body fat, the oxidative priority. Yep. It's going to seek the fat that it wants to use, and I'm still working out, and that's stored energy. Mm-hmm. It's going to use that first. You're not yep. going to gain muscle right. fasting. No, no way. Not right. even eating and in a deficit you're, are you going to gain muscle. But you're not going to waste away. Right. Yep. So that's that's kind of a bullshit. Exactly like this Excuse Angus guy to. that went 382 days. He lost body fat. Because he had it. Yeah, because he had tons to spare. Yep. Um, so it breaks attachment to food. Um, gives you a sense of control, right? You feel like... How many? How many people have, yeah. you, have you counseled? Counseled? Consoled? Probably both, right? Sometimes, both. <laughs> Oftentimes, you console them after they get on the on the scale, and then you counsel them how to lose weight. Yeah. Um, so, how many people have you coached that act like they don't have control over what they're putting in their mouth? A hundred percent, or they wouldn't be working with me. Right. They're powerless. Yep. It's almost like. Alcoholic, whatever, an addict it is, of, except of some you, kind. Except you need food to live. 
Unless you're Angus. I, I saw a great point the other day <laughs> someone made, because that's an argument I always make, and somebody retorted. They said, well, you need to drink water, so alcoholics don't get to say that anymore either because they still have to drink. I was like, dun, dun, dun. Well, that's kind of a that was deep, that's right? kind of a mic drop. Because that, that was always my uh, my retort was, you know, food is still something you have to put in your mouth, and they're like, well, alcoholics still have to drink drink every day. Snap. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I don't have a comeback for that. Collectively across the but, world, they all just said, shit. Shit, I can't <laughs> use that argument. But, oh yeah, so speak a little bit to that, how people have this just reflexive urge to snack and they feel like they're powerless over it. Well, guess what? If you're saying you're not eating for X amount of time, whatever, it's a longer fast or intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding, and we'll get into what all those mean – for this period of time, you're not going to put anything in your mouth except water. That breaks that. That goes back to what I just said a minute ago. It teaches you what is and what isn't hunger, but mm -hmm. it also teaches you how to manage it. So right. once you power through that initial wall, mm -hmm. then you're like, I'm not hungry now. So what does that mean? That means you weren't hungry before. Right. So Or you could have gotten through it easily. Right. Yeah. And it's that, that mental hard. block. It's not that hard. It's like when I quit chewing Gr Kodiak, I switched to Grizzly because I was cheap. But when I quit <laughs> chewing K Kodiak, what got me through was when I read up on nicotine in your system mm -hmm. and I realized that it was completely flushed out of my system in three days. So after three days, it was mental. Yeah, you knew it wasn't a physical. Yeah, I knew that it didn't have it it didn't have its hooks in me. Right. Um so the, similar, mm -hmm. if someone goes 24, even 24 hours without eating, um, I used to think that was a long time. Right. Now I just standing on my head. It's yeah, weird. I mean, I'm 50 hours in right now and I'm like, uh, I could go another couple days if I, if I wanted to, I'm probably going to eat some meat tonight just because, For sure. you know, I'm trying to keep my protein up too. And, but it's not that hard. Once you do it, you think it's going to be impossible. I used to think making it, skipping one meal would be impossible. You know, I used to I used to snack between breakfast and freaking lunch. You know, between that in that three hour window in between, I would mm -hmm. snack. I couldn't make that. So uh, eating twenty a twenty four hour fast or forty eight hour fast would be literally freaking impossible. But it's not. So I've done it ten or twenty times now, like a two day forty eight hour, and it's not. It it's, it gets easier every time. Yeah, it does for me because you know you've seen the end. You know what's the only hard part for me. When I do 48 hours is that first night going to bed. Yeah. I hate going to bed hungry. Yeah. And, um, but it just forces me to go to bed earlier. Yep. So 930, I'm <laughs> lights right. out. Exactly. But another, I just thought of another thing and why the haters hate on fasting is mm -hmm. because they've taken it so far as to calling it an eating disorder. Oh, Right. And or disordered eating. Yep. Is the, well. The new what's anorexia? Fit. Not eating. I mean, it's it's a it's a version. Right. You know. It's, so, but we're what we're doing is we're in control. We're we're taking control. Whereas an anorexic is not in control. Well, not in control. And Angus weighed four hundred some pounds. Right. He wasn't anorexic. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, and the thing is that anorexics are they don't have any muscle mass. What well, they just they want are their starving. Weight. And they have what's it called body dysmorphia, where yeah. they, they look in the mirror and they see a f overweight person, yeah. even though they're not. 
So Angus looked in the mirror and saw an overweight person because he was. So right. he didn't have dysmorphia. He was right. accurate. Right, right, right. And he took control and reduced that. And it was just an extreme way of doing it. And that's why he's being talked about 50 years later right. as an extreme case. But under doctor's supervision, everything else. Yep. So let's talk about another uh, benefit of fasting, reversing insulin resistance. Now, this is we're going to have to do a what is this terminology on insulin resistance um, definition of the term, uh, just because that's another one I'm a little bit foggy on. But I, basically how I understand it, and you can correct me, is it's okay. the body's ability to be flexible as far as what fuel source it is. and Because normally when you're eating food, your insulin is being secreted to deal with that food to digest it, right? Sort of. And if you just keep hitting it hit with food, then your pancreas keeps shooting out the insulin. Not just and it can only do so much. And eventually it just gives up. Right? But but the whole point of um, I think of think of like the game remember asteroids? And you're shooting yeah. and all the asteroids are coming yep. at you. Yep. Well that that asteroid your gun on asteroids, that's your pancreas. Right. And the, it's shooting at the asteroids, it's shooting insulin. Well, th- the asteroids are sugar, mm. not just food. Right. Sometimes, I mean, food, your your pancreas is going to, it's going to, you're, you're going to have some insulin response. Secret, yeah. From other foods. Secretion when, from some other food. But not com- nothing compared to complex it, right. or the so anyway, processed carbs. The sugar. concept of insulin resistance is when there's just towards when you get really, really good at asteroids and you get to those higher levels mm-hmm. and you just can't keep up. Right. So when it's the pancreas overwhelmed. Can, it's, yeah. So then you're, after a while, the sugar goes, you're not even, you're, I'm resistant <laughs> to your efforts right. to, to try and stop me. So that's what happens. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the reason why you have, I just reverse something interesting on my last. The reason why you have it, you become you reverse your insulin resistance because mm-hmm. you're not eating anything at all, right? <laughs> Where your pancreas needs to start shooting those asteroids. And I found this article too. I'll post this in the show notes about uh, the link between intermittent fasting and insulin resistance, and it basically talks about all this stuff in pretty pretty good detail. No, that's kind of right there if you scroll up. That one through six is what, yeah, here's I, was, the cycle. what I was just describing. Yeah, number one, you eat a meal. Number two, your body breaks down carbohydrates down into glucose. Number three, glucose causes a spike in your blood sugar levels. Number four, your pancreas releases insulin. Number five, shoots the asteroids. Yep, insulin attaches to your cells to allow glucose absorption. Number six, your store, you store remaining glucose in your fat cells. So basically if you can't eliminate all that, because there's too many asteroids. Yep, too Can't many. Keep then, up. then your cells just have more. The, the, the remaining glucose just ha- gets stored. Yep. Yeah, that, that sums it up nicely. Because so, your cells can't, are like taking it all in, and then all of a sudden your cells go, they just get overwhelmed. No room at the end. Right. <laughs> We're full. Yep. And it gets stored. So, yeah. I mean, insulin is a storage hormone. That's one thing I've heard. Fat storage hormone. Yeah, yep. I've heard too. So, um, so reversing insulin resistance and, you know, somebody who's eaten the standard American diet for almost 40 years, like I did before I discovered any low-carb stuff, I'm probably massively insulin resistant. So, I mean, it takes a lot to break through that. Um, and, of course, when you talk to the Dr. Jason Fung haters, mm-hmm. they're going to tell you 
that's simply a result of eating too much food. Right. Not a certain type of food. Mm. They'll say your pancreas gets overwhelmed, the cells are full, they got to start that's storing. That's calories a calorie people. Yep, that's just because you ate too much. But like you say, if I'm eating a ribeye, it's a lot different insulin response than if I'm eating the same amount of ounces of gummy bears. Right. And the SECO people will say <laughs> that asteroid game that you're shooting all those asteroids, it's just the pancreas's job. Right. It's just doing its job. You just ate too much to make it, to make it overwhelmed. Right. Yep. Oh, makes total sense because, you know, a ribeye is not going to have this generate the same insulin response as a 16 ounces of gummy bears. Right. Yeah. So, okay. There's, I'll post this article. It's a really good, it goes through the whole thing. So you can, you can read at your leisure about that. And I got some, some uh, videos here, Jason Fong talking about fasting, diabetes, et cetera. Uh, but a big major one, one that he uses it for is to reverse type two diabetes. And he, you know, remember we've talked about this many times, but people, when they got the diagnosis of type two diabetes, it was chronic, meaning you're never not going to be diabetic anymore. And it was, which is true. And well, and it was going to be degenerative or progressive. It's only going to get yep. worse and it's going to be which forever. Which is not true. But I mean, it can be in some cases, but. But, you know, the people that are doing low carb or some version of fasting and, and low carb and keto and carnivore and all this stuff, they are regularly revert, not reversing, oh, but they're getting off their meds. Uh, absolutely. No, it's. It's and, you know, you reversing is okay. Remission, reversing, whatever. You just can't call it cured. Exactly. But if guess what? If you're on a so many doses of insulin a day and then six months later you're on none. I don't give a shit what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, not taking insulin. I I'm don't busting care. through the tape and I'm, you know, right. raising my trophy yeah. up. I'm freaking cured. Yep. I mean so you know effectively you are. You want to know my tinfoil hat for that? Once you have it, you always have it. Well, that's just them wanting to sell that shit. No, it's pre-existing conditions. Oh, so they can. Yeah. So if you switch insurances, they go, oh, no, no, uh, that was a pre-existing, ex yeah, pre-existing right. condition, and so we're not going to cover that. Well, just like we talked about with statins the other week, you know, what's the perfect customer is somebody who has to take something every day. Mm -hmm. Well, what a type two diabetics they go from not requiring any money spent on medical interventions to every day having to buy a certain amount of insulin. For the rest of see their, my heart goes rest out. of their lives. My heart goes out to the patients that have to deal with that oh, because yeah. it does. That's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. But also, um, I, I feel for the doctors and the endocrinologists who or just who have to deal with the people who are like, "Well, I'm not quitting what I eat." So what's the pill? You know, it's funny. Is um, my dad told me because my dad's pre-diabetic. My aunt is very diabetic, has been for 20 years, I think. My uncle, so all three of my dad's, my dad and his two siblings are either fully diabetic or pre. And my uncle, my dad told me, my uncle said, I don't want to give up eating my cherry nibs or whatever. Right. So he's literally choosing, you know, I'm going to eat the cherry nibs and take the insulin. Oh, okay. Well, yep. you know, how, how is I mean, that's fun until your toes start getting chopped off. No, there was, a, there was an episode Mel was watching some show, The Resident. Mm. Is it's that a, a drama? A, yeah, drama about a resident at a hospital. Okay. And they have this 
frequent guest in the ER who was a diabetic mm. and he, he was like blood was shooting out of his foot and it was like over like just engulfed and just huge engorged with blood and shit and blood was pouring out of it and they're like you're losing blood and this was a little bit for obviously for theatrical effect dramatic license yeah but <laughs> as they're like Get it, get the card in here and get it in their stat and yelling all the medical words and people are sprinting back and forth. He's literally eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, those like, are the people. Like you said. They're not going to quit. Try to tell me it's not an addiction, you know? Right. I mean, obviously they cannot well, break that cycle. Well, how many times have you heard, and this is the one that just makes me want to grab people by the throat. Oh, we gotta die of something. <laughs> yeah. And leave your and leave your family behind jackass. Right. Yeah. What exactly. a dick. Right. God, I hate that. Yeah, like you might have Not your gonna family. live forever. No, your you're family. selfish prick. Right. That's what it is. Exactly. You wanna leave your family twenty years early? Right. I don't. Hell no. All right. One thing I wanted to talk about too was the history of fasting. One thing I thought was really interesting, there's I mean, this stuff goes way back. There's a um, so these Greek philosophers were big into fasting, and there's one I th like Pythagoras, the guy that developed the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> Remember that from geometry class about triangles? Um, no, we learned earlier when I couldn't figure out the push-ups that I didn't get that far in math. <laughs> um, it's funny because I mean these guys were you know ancient, like BC, like born something BC. You know, so we're talking over two thousand years ago saying things like fasting is the greatest remedy, the physician within, you know, I mean, think about the limited amount of medical knowledge they had at the time mm -hmm. and they still recognize the benefits of it just intuitively, including, uh, he tried, it's funny cause he tells a story of this Pythagoras, uh, mathematic Greek philosopher guy. He, he talks about trying to join this school in, in Egypt and they wouldn't let him in. Until he fasted for 40 days. He said, you fast for 40 days, you come back. Then we'll let you in. He's like, but I'm smart enough. I'm the biggest brain in Greece. Like, right. nope, but you are not. You don't know anything yet. So they he fasted for 40 days and he came back and he wrote him a note that said, I, I, I'm a completely different person. I knew nothing. I know everything now. He like reached this level of spiritual creaminess and enlightenment that he was finally ready to enter this school. And then he... Uh, Goes on to you know, graduate or whatever, uh, but I thought that was so funny that they made that a uh, requirement, and I think after and then he just touted the benefits of fasting, the rest of his entire life. Sure. Um, so it's kind of interesting how it permeates all these ancient cultures and almost every religion has some type of fasting as a ritual. Yep. And you know, like yep. you said, to get closer to your creator or achieve mental clarity or to practice some type of willpower, you know, like a lot of, you know, what do they call that when you like whip yourself, you know, the self-flagellation, you know, there's a lot of oh, yeah, that have yeah, a little yeah. bit of that in it yep. and the fasting is that, you know, deny yourself, you know, yep. and it's, it permeates all these religions in these ancient cultures. So well, it's and it's pretty interesting. It's hard. So it, it's some religions considered a sacrifice. It, yeah, exactly. Yep. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, so I got a lot of. Uh, uh, I, I posted on Facebook a long time ago 
something about to the effect that the single greatest thing you can do for your health is not eat. I got destroyed. <laughs> I got destroyed by the breakfast is the most important meal of the day crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I mean, it's very misunderstood. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how to execute this. So there's two, two ways breakfast. I look at it. Okay. I look at it like your daily routine, whether we call that intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding, and then longer fasts, which are ideally yeah, yeah, Dr. Peter Ortiz says that. So tell me how you've used it. You do time-restricted feeding. I do time-restricted feeding, so which that's is where anything less than 48 hours. Yep, so you're eating, and you do what, like a, eat within an eight-hour window, is it? Um, I eat within a six now. Six, so um, like from noon to six yeah. or whatever. And, and and for me, it was back to the Oreos. Yep. All the Oreos are none. I have a way easier time eating in a caloric deficit when I eat once or twice a day. Right. So you're just basically saying the rest I'm of I'm just bank. So what, for 18 hours a day, nothing goes in. Yeah. And what some, the SECO people call that, who the SECO people who are pro time restricted feeding mm-hmm. call it banking your calories. Right. You're just banking them, saving them for later. Right. Sure. Well, okay. So way- that's what I did. And that helped me a ton. Full disclosure, I'm not fasting right now. No, not at all. So like you're eating. I, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm still adhering to my calories, but they're up because I'm training. But are you snacking like after supper before bed? No. Okay. No. So you're still even that. So you're still not eating from like seven at night till seven yeah. in the morning, right? Seven at the latest. So you're talking, it's so still, still a 12, 12 hours. hour. Sure. Most people do not have a 12 hour window where they don't have something going on. No, that's, mouth. and that's a fair point. Right. That's a really fair point. So you, most you're people, still kind of doing it a little bit. I mean, most people snack till the minute they go to bed. Right. Sadly. Oh, even bedtime snack. Right. There's a term for it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you get up and eat immediately. So, I mean, the only time they're not, they're not eating is when they're literally asleep. And you know what I've really started doing since I started break, not like breaking my fast as soon as I wake up is not right away. So I'll get up, let the dogs out. Typically five o'clock, I'll let the dogs out. I'll make coffee and I'll gauge it. And I'm, yeah. So Tuesday, Monday. One day I did OMAD because mm. I just went by feel. So you just said, am I truly hungry or not? Yep. It was in, and you were just trying to listen to your body's signals. Yes. Yeah, so some people call it intuitive eating or whatever, but I was just paying attention. Yeah. And sometimes over the last few weeks when I haven't been strictly time-restricted feeding, I've woke up and said, mm, I'm not hungry. So you just so why, why do I have to eat? Right. So then I just blew it off to lunch. Mm-hmm. Um but what I haven't done, and I've had to do this numerous times, but what I haven't done is woken up and went, and my stomach's like, <laughs> feed me. And I'm right. going, shut up. And yeah. I just drink coffee and push it down. You haven't had to white knuckle it. Yep. No, not at all. So I don't anymore. Okay. And because I'm, I have a very increased level, training level of volume, how often and how much I'm training. Right. And so you have a lot, you burn a lot of calories plus you have a lot of lean muscle mass, which is even at rest is burning calories. So you can afford a little bit of 
give that way. So yeah, and and the reason and and the the seco nerds aren't going to want to hear this, but I'm eating a fair amount of carbohydrate now mm-hmm. because of training. Right. But guess what? It's making me so goddamn hungry. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, it's that. It's it's almost every morning. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that carbohydrate. That's why you can't eat one. Dorito, one Oreo. Right. You know, it's, it's I wake up in the morning and I just, but full disclosure too, when I wake up in the morning right now and I, and my stomach's growling and I break my fast and I have breakfast, uh, protein, shake, whey protein, collagen protein. Mm-hmm. I just picked that up. Mm-hmm. Chia seeds, banana, and, and PB2 powder. Uh, I just discovered that stuff. That's yep. awesome. Along with uh, almond milk. Yeah, because that, pe- that, that, that peanut butter powder is awesome because it's way less calories, but a lot, a lot of way protein. Yeah, yeah, and it's got zero fat. And it's still ta- in a shake, it's great because it tastes gives like you that peanut butter. Peanut butter flavor. And I yeah. do the chocolate powder and the chocolate collagen. Right. And then the chia seeds add that little bit of texture to it, and, and they're just good for you. So, full disclosure, I'm not waking up and eating six pancakes and, f- right. and a half a dozen of eggs and <laughs> right. sausage and bacon. Again, and, the quality of food is, is really ultimately what's most important. Well, and it's minimal. Um, Exactly. It's not very much. Right. So let's talk about, so what I do, um, I've been doing OMAD or T-MAD, whatever you want to call it, two meals a day. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was doing for a long time was just not what, not even white knuckling it, but just not eating until supper. Because for me, I found that if I don't awaken the beast by eating earlier, it's just easier for me to push it off. And I don't get that hungry. So I've been eating, just basically eating meat at supper time. So I was doing like... 23, right. one, right. You know, so I've, I've changed that a little just because my, I want to make sure I get enough calories because I don't want to downregulate my metabolism yeah. too low and plus hit my protein targets, which are, you know, like one gram. Which per, the seagull nerds will say there's no such thing as that. <laughs> right. But I'm finding that's what works for me because I, I could feel myself, my metabolism downregulating. So you got to eat in that caloric deficit, but not too much of one. So that's what I'm trying to is just stay just under like the three to 500 calories under my total daily energy expenditure. And full disclosure mm-hmm. for the tens of people listening. Yep. Just because the scale isn't moving, that doesn't mean that your metabolism is downregulating. Right. You are becoming lean. Yes. So when you become lean and you have those few pesky vanity pounds to get rid of like you are, mm-hmm. just to see how low of body fat you can get, that's different. Very different. So if you are stepping on the scale every single day and it's not moving, that does not mean you need to eat more. No, I've noticed a lot of body recomposition. Shoulders are broader, waist is getting smaller, and some of that's just because the waist is getting smaller, the shoulders right. look broader. Right. You know, there's, it's definitely come tucking in a bunch. Um, pant size going down, you know. Um, so, and and the scale hasn't moved that much in the in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, but so that's how I've been using it, and what I've done recently to keep my calories up is I've been. I guess doing a, like an eighteen six, sure. If that's twenty four, yep. right? <laughs> right. Yeah, eighteen eight, six. That's what I do. Yeah. Or when so I I've when I was fasting, protein yeah. shake, you know, at around lunchish, and then and then eat some meat at supper, and that's kind of what I've been doing. So that's been working well for keeping me enough protein because most of my calories are protein and, and some fat. I'm prioritizing protein, and I'm still trying to eat in just 
in that caloric deficit, but not too much of one. So that's what I've been doing. So let's talk about, so that's kind of our daily time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. That's kind of what that is. Now let's talk about, um, well, one thing I wanted to say too was to just to clarify caloric restriction, like when you're talking about like Nutrisystem and, you know, just where they say it's just all about the calories versus intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding. Um, like if your total daily expenditure is 2,500 a day, you're eating 3,000. It's a lot harder to overeat because of the time-restricted feet opportunity. You can't. It's harder to overeat. So that's why it's easier to operate in a caloric deficit doing time-restricted feeding or Re- intermittent fasting. Remember when we talked about bodybuilders mm-hmm. and bodybuilders – are trying to bulk and gain weight. They can't eat one meal a day. They can't. And remember we said if a bodybuilder needs to get like 6,000 calories, that's why they carry around all those stupid Tupperware dishes because they need to eat those eight meals. And in order to get to 6,000 calories, they need eight meals evenly spaced out. Well, if that's true, then the opposite must be. Right. And strong men are the extreme example of that because – they don't care about being lean. All they care about is being the strongest possible. So their entire job is basically eating. Eating 20,000 calories. Yeah, just insane amounts. So, jealous sometimes. So that's the difference, you know, between caloric restriction and versus the time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. Right. Um, it's almost impossible to overeat just because of that. You can't cram it all in. If you do so, OMAD, you can't overeat. Right. It's so that's, a, that's one way of... If you're trying to operate in a caloric deficit, that's one way to get there. And as long as your quality of food is high... Mm-hmm. Then you won't be nutrient protein deficient. and fat. Yep. Then you're you won't have the nutrient deficiencies, and you can still maintain lean muscle mass, not grow, but maintain and drop body if fat. If you're lucky, you maintain. If you're lucky, you, yeah. Depends on that how gives aggressive you the best the chance. Depends on how aggressive the fast is. And People that, okay. are like, I want to be ripped and jacked and have big traps and bulging biceps, <laughs> but I want to I want to lose three pounds a week. Well, you can't do both, right? That's why people you're do gonna the bulk lose. and cut, the bulk and cut. Yep. That's why these guys that go on stage with their little thongs on. That's, that's the part you notice? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the hairless scrotums <laughs> from all the you kinda, you're, when you When you brought up the, the thong, you, you were kind of glowing. <laughs> right. Well, they know. Up. They, I mean, I, I watch, like, watch Greg Desette on YouTube. He's the yelling Canadian guy. Yeah, yep. He's like. I bulk and then I cut, you know, it's like you gain all the muscle by eating over in an abundance and then you get rid of all the fat. Quickly. Because you can't really do both at once. Mm-mm. And guess what it does? Completely destroys your oh metabolic yeah. profile. Those guys, the day they come off competition, are just wrecked. Yep. Five um, days later, they're they're up 20 pounds. Right. No joke. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Well, let's talk about, okay, so that's kind of how we do the intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding. Now let's talk about the longer fasts and how you utilize those. For me, I typically 48 hours is about the most benefit I see. I haven't, I've done a couple 72s, and I didn't feel that much better. I didn't, like, achieve any more spiritual creaminess. I. Just for the people, just for the people listening, if you have any reasons to believe that you're diabetic, don't fast. (laughs) Right. Keto ketoacidosis is real. In case you're wondering, we're not doctors. Right. (laughs) Um, So that's for me. Forty eight hours is a great way to do a kind of do a reset. Like when I got back from vacation, boom, 
48 hours, I, I reset, got right back on track, break all that habit and attachment of the slight overeating that I had done on vacation and reset my weight, any weight gain that I had put on. Um, so that's, that's what's worked for me. Um, how about for you? Like what's, uh, 48 is my max. 48 is my max. Um, typically because it fits, it's that same reset thing, but it kind of fits my lifestyle. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause I still like to, even when I'm trying to, to dump some extra weight, I still like to train hard and right. lift hard. Yeah. So anything longer than 48 is no good for so lifting. So let's talk about the bad things. Okay. Here's the issues that people bring up. I'm going to pass out. I feel faint. I'm weak. Right. Have you, now, this is how I used to feel. I was going to feel, I thought I was going to feel when I would fast, when I was going to skip any meal. Oh, my God, I feel faint, right? Just skipping lunch or yeah, something. Yeah, but you don't. Right. It just doesn't happen. And, and people, people are like, think I you can't, can't do work. it. I feel sick. No, you don't. You don't. You and just. People think you can't work out. You just want tacos. <laughs> I'm sick of not eating tacos. <laughs> people think you can't work out. Well, I just worked out last night. No, and in fact, again. in fact, if if you have fasted for like twenty four hours and you do a zone two um, aerobic pathway, which is the fat oxidation pathway, you're actually and if you are overweight, if you're not super lean, mm-hmm. if you're super lean, you're gonna have issues, right? But if you're not super lean and you have stored energy in the form of fat, obviously. You're gonna have a phenomenal workout, right? Because you got you're plenty gonna of fuel. crush it. You yeah, plenty of fuel. Absolutely. And the minute you start into that zone two workout, I don't care if it's forty five minutes or two hours and forty five minutes, you're gonna forget all about any hunger. Yeah. The minute you're done, oops, all bets are off. <laughs> Stomach's gonna go. All right, dude, I did my part. <laughs> right. Your turn. Put and something that, in here. And that's why the low carb version of diet seems to work so well. With in com- in companion to fasting, because right. you don't have that, it minimizes the hunger because mm-hmm. the protein and the fat are so satiating. Yep, and it's teaching your body to be fat adapted, use fat as a fuel source. Right. So when you're not putting food in your mouth, which is the definition of fasting, your body looks to the fat stores that are already on your body. So again, it makes it easier because it's not saying we need more of that glucose that you you had in, in the form of those donuts earlier. The best, in, yeah, the the form, yeah, exactly. I need I need to carb up. The best analogy I ever heard was an expert in the field, and he was talking to somebody. I don't remember what it was the documentary, YouTube, or what. Maybe in person. Hell, I don't remember. But I'll never forget what he said. And and he, this guy goes, "Well, I have a question." And he said, "Well, what about carbs for exercise for working out?" And the doctor. He's kind of a dick. He looks at him and he goes, you could run 10 marathons on the energy you have stored in that body right now. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Talk about a two-by-four yep. across the face. Yeah, you don't need to carbo load. You already did. Yeah, you've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> but oh, people shit. don't understand that, That's well, funny. the carbs I had yesterday are gone. Right. So I'm going to get – I don't have anything in my stomach. Yeah, when, when people so I need carbs in my stomach. Yeah. 
no, no. It's no, just no, cravings. No. Right. It's cravings. Yeah. You, you, no, no, no. But they philosophically believe to, oh, yeah. to, to feel their 5K, they need to go to the speakeasy. What I say is, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's maddening. Exactly. So, use, what better way? That's what everybody's goal is. is to, I mean, the number one goal of probably everybody you coach is to lose body fat, get leaner, right? Yeah. I, in conjunction with my Facebook post, I wish it was to get healthy. Right. And then the leanness will come. Right. But what better way to do it than by burning the body fat that's already there? And fasting is a great way to achieve that. So um, so that's kind of some of our tips on how to do that. Um, so, okay. So some of the issues, fasted workouts, can you do them? Yes. Okay. Now here's I one. wouldn't do high intensity. Right. Here's, I'd, I'd keep it low intensity. Right. And I'm always just trying to build strength anyway, so it's more about you know, lifting, that kind of stuff. You're anabolic then, so you're going to run out of gas. Yeah. And I'm not not doing anything crazy intense. It's just, you know, trying to build muscle or maintain muscle. Let's clarify. Like German volume training that I've been doing for two (laughs) weeks now. It's incredible, dude. Give us an update on that. Um, Okay, so let's get into electrolytes. Now, the one thing that I've found that works for me is I have to, when I'm fasting, is take some type of electrolyte supplement. And I use the LMNT, the element, which is basically a mix of salt, potassium. Rob Wolf. Yeah, Rob Wolf stuff. Yep. It's just a powder you put in water. And I get the IV, whatever the hell it's called, from Costco. I drink one of those little skinny packets once a day. Yeah. doesn't have magnesium, though. But I take magnesium in a pill form. So. Okay. Yeah, and mine has magnesium, potassium, and sodium all in a powder, and it's very salty tasting. But Any caffeine? Nope. Okay. And no calories. Something, some, oh, see, this has carbs. But some people sneak in some caffeine. Oh. Because yeah. if you sneak in caffeine, people are like, I've been taking this powder stuff, and I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel like Superman. That's <laughs> yeah, yep. caffeine. Exactly. <laughs> That's why they, all, all those pre-workout things are full of that. Yeah. Yeah. I do CrossFit, though. Right. So... I don't need a pre-workout. My goal is to not have my heart rate up because I don't need any help. But electrolytes, I found, solved any issues that I had. You know, when I first fasted, I feel great. Yep. That that was the one fix. Because I remember the first time I did a 48-hour, my body started, like, I have massive muscle pain, like, everywhere, like, cramping and, like, Now you're really selling it. People are like, I'm going to fast tomorrow. I oh. love body pain and cramping all over. <laughs> but I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I was taking t- like tons of ibuprofen because like my shoulder was killing me. And it was just the electrolyte thing. I, I finally looked it up and, yeah. you know, looked in all the Facebook groups and like saw what people having the same issues. Um, They're like, just eat, drink some salt, you know, drink some salt water at least. Do that. I always tell people, it's like, oh, I'm just. Feeling that way, mm-hmm. and I say just half a turn of the uh, Himalayan salt grinder in exactly. your water jug, and you're good. Right. So there's a lot of gyms in, around the country. Um, Kelly Starrett's one of them. Not anyone listening to this is not going to know who that is. Well, maybe one or two people that are, are in a CrossFit. Not this guy. Our diehard in a CrossFit know who K Star is, mm-hmm. but he has Himalayan. Salt grinders at all of his drinking fountains. Nice. Yep. Yeah, because that's so important. Right. But if you're eating McDonald's, you don't need to put salt in your water. I repeat, 
<laughs> people out there, the guy on the podcast said, put salt in his wall, in my water. <laughs> As he's eating McDonald's French fries. No. <laughs> right. No. Your blood pressure is going to be 1,000 over 400. Exactly. That's bad, right? I think so. <laughs> so. Those are, that's, that's one way to deal with some of the issues you may see is get, make sure you get those electrolytes in and very easy to supplement. Um, so let's talk about who, who shouldn't fast. We mentioned it earlier. Diabetics. Diabetics. People who are super, super ridiculously lean probably shouldn't go too long, right? Because they don't have For any, sure. They don't have any excess body fat to use, so their body's going to uh, be but, but going fuel. But going 24 to 48 hours for even an extremely, extremely lean person – are still going to benefit from general autophagy or cellular repair. Right. Because um, what happens when you're fasting, everyday Joe terms, mm-hmm. is your body's not using all of the its employees. If, you're empl- if your body was a factory and, and you were manufacturing something, once you eat- My manufacturer is mostly gravy. <laughs> Mine is excellence. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways- Dewey's okay. number one export. Excellence. <laughs> Great. Now my wife just And humility. She, my wife just turned it off. She's out. <laughs> off that shit, she said. We're an hour and 20 in. She was out a long time ago. Are we an hour and 20? She can't listen to you this long. Good for us. We just set a record. She's anyway. just happy you're here and not at home. Right. So yeah, you should do you. more of those shows. <laughs> you should do three times a week. You should do them on weekends. <laughs> So, anyways, if my body's a factory and it was in tr- and its job was to make excellence, yep. and <laughs> soon as I ate something, all of the factory employees went running to one central spot, stomach, yep. and all did their jobs just manufacturing excellence out of that food that I just ate. Guess what happens? None of the other work gets done. Right, they're not working on the cellular repair. Exactly. So when you fast, that's it's. Autophagy is a fancy word for cleaning. And that's why it's cleanup. It's just shitty cells yep. getting wiped out, cleaned out. And that's how to go back to episode 10. That's what happens when you're asleep. Right. That's why sleep is so freaking important and your body mandates right. it. Because guess what you're not doing while you're sleeping? Eating. Right. So you know, even the fattest, you know, guy who snacks up till the minute of bedtime. At least they, that's the only time they get a break is when they're asleep and their body gets a chance to do some of that. But it doesn't. Custodial work. Because it's digesting. Well, yeah, it still digests for a couple hours that's in. Why you, that's why you sleep like shit. Exactly. And you might only get autophagy for half of that sleep time. No, Whereas if you're fasting, never. you're getting more of they'd it. They'd never get it. they never reach the state where autophagy takes place. So that's that detrimental, you think? Yeah. No, they would. They, they'd never experience it. So people without fasting, people very lean probably shouldn't do it. Diabetics shouldn't do it. And what about what do you think about endurance athletes, like guys that run those like super marathons and stuff? Well, you know, there's one mar- marathoner. I forgot his name. It wasn't Zach Bittner. He's phenomenal, but he's the low fat or the high fat, low carb runner yeah, he's guy. He's like the carnivore guy, yeah. Yeah, but he eats a tons of carbs. He just bookends his workouts with them, right? And doesn't eat them out of any other times. And doesn't he shoot like those? Packets Gel packs and, and stuff, yeah, like, like right before. Glucose yeah, and, and then if and he says, surrounding, I bookend my training with glucose, and if I don't train, I don't have glucose because I don't need it. Right. So, anyways, sidetracked. The dude, one dude, just ran an ultra marathon, completely fasted. Whoa! So, for you the folks like at what? home, that's a hundred miles. 
while fasted. When did he eat? I'd have to look up. Like I, I wonder I, how I don't know the particulars. Like I wonder how the how long of a gap between the last time he ate and when he started the race. Like was it a minute? Well, he was completely fasted, so there's nothing in his body. Okay, so it had probably had at least twenty four hours. At then. least, yeah. Wow. I, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'd like to know that. That's yeah. That's crazy. We'll look that up. Maybe put that link in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one book I wanted to highlight this book again called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. This um, really it's it's all about insulin, type two diabetes, and it talks about fasting as a major tool to deal with this. He's very, very, very featured in the documentary on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. in The Obesity. No, that's the book. Sorry. Uh, the magic pill. Oh, yep. Yep. He's in that. They interview him. Uh, smart, Asian guy, wicked, wicked smart doctor. Yep. Um, and he's using this on a daily basis to. But he's a martyr. I, I feel bad for him. Sorry. Yeah. I keep bringing that up. No, but, but. I, I mean, I think, you know, he sold a ton of books. He's super popular too. So I think, you know, he probably will take the good with the bad. Sure. He doesn't I think get he's doing right. all right. He doesn't. He's super. He, I'm jealous of him and his ability because I'm getting better at this. And we talked about this off. Before we started recording off the air, when I sound like a radio guy, the uh, I'm working on this, but he's super good at what? Uh, yeah, I don't care what people are saying. Right. Uh, my my yeah. job is to help people. Yep. So all the little trolls on the internet, blinders on. Yeah, he yeah. has blinders on. That's what Mel says too. Calls him yeah. blinders, and I'm getting good blinders. And he's very confident, and he, he's very self confident, right? In his knowledge. And, and he knows it's working. His so like, truth, yeah. Why would you listen to these guys that aren't achieving these results? Right. When I am. Yeah. And his I mean, truths are self-evident. Exactly. So, yep. um, no, he, he's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into... How fat is Josh? Pretty fat. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right. Really. So, let's look. Oh, that was a loud gulp. Sorry. <laughs> I want to get chairs like the mind pump guys. Have you ever watched their YouTube video? <laughs> They're sitting in these big, fat, puffy chairs, right. and the microphone is just right here, and they don't do anything. They just sit back like this, <laughs> and they just have their head rested on that pillow and the, or on the back of the chair, and their microphone is like <laughs> this far away from their face, and they just tell jokes. And right. Well, get funnier then. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> give me a chair, and I'll get funnier. <laughs> All right, get your tape out. So just to recap, I was on vacation for the last week. You we threw have... it away. <laughs> Were you finally sick of this segment? <laughs> no. Can't never. find it. So I was on vacation. I gained 0.8 pounds, which for me is a massive victory because, like I said, normally I would have gained 8 or 10 probably in a week of just eating whatever the hell I wanted. So I basically maintained. Let's call it maintaining. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. So now we're going to do the old wasty waste. <laughs> I feel feel good though. Clothes are getting clothes, clothes are getting, getting looser. Yep. I feel like I'm leaning out. Seventy seven. Shut up, you. Thirty six. Oh, all right. I crept back up a little there. All right. So lesson, kid. The lesson, the takeaway, kids, don't go on vacation <laughs> ever. Tell your wife you're not ever going on vacation. Oh, dude. Because I don't want to go up. This is not bad. Going up 0.8 no. pounds. Uh, That's a win, dude. Yeah. 
I, 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 th- I feel like I hung in there really good. And that's I'm, a win for somebody who isn't training for a sport right. or training to go on stage mm-hmm. or, or your physique isn't your livelihood. Maybe it will be. You're good. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> My body is a wonderland. If you want to you live that life. As the great John Mayer says. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. So uh, I've sort of – another reason I did the 48-hour the fast, I definitely would have been way higher had I not done that because – for sure. I lost 13 pounds on my last 48 hour fast. <laughs> right. So that's kind of craziness. <laughs> but um, so that, that kept, kept me basically back to where I was right before I went on vacation. So I feel like now I'm back at that point and I'm not starting from a whole, no- I didn't backslide a crap ton that I have to make up for that. Right. I'm kind of back to where I was when I, before I left. Sure. So then I could just keep on with the slow drop and it's yep. definitely slowing down. You know, that's what happens. It's logarithmic. Um, so I just got to deal with that and stick to it. Stick to the plan, man. It's uh, steady by jerks. Just keep going. What does that mean? Steady by jerks. It means you're constantly moving forward, but it's not. It's not. It's oh, steady. Okay. It's just I've never uncomfortable. Heard that. And I've never heard that term. Is that a oh, thing? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Steady as she goes, baby. All right, guys. Well, if you got questions for us, send them to info at fitandfurious.com. We want topic ideas questions about nutrition fitness diet make sure you watch on youtube to check all the extra shenanigans valuable visuals and weekly extra content check us out wherever podcasts are found apple Podcasts, spotify anywhere else please subscribe rate review and share that really helps out the show also go to furiousmerch.com for t-shirts that are carnivore and keto centered all kinds of fun and it supports the show there as well and we will See you next week.